Angie for breakfast. Hello. Thanks for stopping by. It's Extra Angie for Breakfast, where you and I just kind of peel back the layers a little bit and I share stuff from the show and maybe some of the stuff that's going on in the background. And I just really laughed at this. So my memories for Facebook popped up 12 years ago on this day. My status update was some killers lyrics. Pay my respects to grace and virtue. Send my condolences to good. Give my regards to soul and romance. They always did the best they could. And how's that? You know, 12 years ago, and now we're all talking about the Killers because they're coming back and they're amazing live. But I did not know that the Killers were Mormons. Did you know that? I know. Interesting, isn't it? They're such a Vegas band. I just didn't picture them being Mormons. Anyway, this is the kind of useless information you'll get with Extra Angie for breakfast, but hey, it might help you on a long drive somewhere between here and there. And just before we get into it, I'd love to do a bit of a plug for our Triple M Southwest Charity Golf Day. It's coming up on the 26th of November. It's $100, teams of four, $100 each. You play Ambrose, you play 18 holes, you have a whole heap of fun, and all the money goes to fabulous local Southwest mental health charity, Lamp Incorporated. So... If you need an excuse to bunk off on a Friday and come and hang out in the sunshine with me, there you go. You've got it. I hope to see you at Bustleton Golf Course. And if you do want to book, get in contact with lampinc.org.au. Let's podcast. When you tell someone to get lost, usually it's an insult, but not for this guy. Welcome to Wayne's World. With Wayne Baddock from Seesawing Marine back in the beautiful southwest. Now, don't get confused. Normally, we do this on a Monday, but I had business in the city yesterday, so I was not here. Hello, Wayne. Hey, Angie. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I've lost what track it is. I don't know if it's Monday, Friday, Wednesday or what. I know. It's a bit rough, isn't it? But I had a little sneaky rumour that told me that there's other reasons why you weren't on the air yesterday. Why? Because you called yeah, me but- a, a slack mole? Oh, sorry. You're going to tell everyone I texted you that. <laughs> so, Wayno hey. messages me yesterday morning about 20 to 7, and I was awake, and he was like, we need to discuss kill switch stories. And I said, morning, I took a day off. Can we do tomorrow instead? Ha ha, slack mole. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, listen, you should meet up with uh, Scott Morrison. He's really good at sending texts to people that are private texts like that. You, you, uh, you might create a uh, political debate here. Uh, <laughs> Love too much. So yeah, look, I'm back in the cold southwest. Thanks everybody for bringing this nice southeaster through here in Bunbury this morning. Really? I'm I'm sitting out on Jetty Road. I'm about to run a skipper's ticket course, and I'm I'm looking at Casuarina boat ramp, and I'm in the really good Department of Transport training room that I hire all the time. Uh, but it's fantastic. I've got water either side, boats all around me, and, and ready to start work. So no, ready and raring to go. But um, I got a little bee in my bonnet about something this morning, and You know what that is, don't you? Oh, go on then. It's kill switch cords. Yeah. It's kill switch cords. I'm going to say it again. Kill switch cord. The word tells you what it does. It stops you being killed. Right? People don't wear them. It, they're, they're compulsory to have on a boat, and I've, I've harped on this one once before. I saw an article, I saw, I saw a TV show the other night, you know, a young cricketer, Fell off a boat, you know, propeller whacked in the head. Lucky he didn't lose his eye. Uh, it, the stories just keep coming and coming. If you're in a small boat or even a reasonable-sized boat and you're travelling around, you've got to whack that kill switch on. Put it on your arm, put it to your life jacket, put it around your leg. Jet ski operators should attach it to their, their life jacket. 
if anything happens, the boat capsizes, someone falls out, you're not going to get whacked by the prop. It, it, it sounds like a no-brainer, but I, if I was to be honest, when I look at boat ramps, I reckon 1% of people wear it. Really? As low as that? Well, next time you go to a boat ramp, but I know you get to boat ramps and do a bit of diving and whatnot, just, just eyeball people on a boat and just see how many you reckon connect the kill switch cord. And I speak to all my friends and lots of people. It's, it's just something that people don't feel a need to do <clears throat> until they read the front page of the newspaper and see someone's been chopped up and... Um, so anyway, that's, unpleasant. That, so that's, I, that's my pre-Christmas bugbear. All right. All right. Good. Good to get it out early. Um, good to remind us all because you know what, like if you get the boat out occasionally once a month, you know, it's kind of those little attention to detail one percenters that might slip your mind. So mm. I, ne- I nearly lost two really good mates to an incident like this that could have been prevented mm. if they'd been wearing a kill switch cord. So listen to Wayne. He knows. Wayne, now listen to Wayne, listen okay? Listen to Wayne. I've <laughs> <laughs> got a little tale for you from my long weekend. So it was very sunny, and on Sunday I was able to not go for one swim but three swims, and that makes me very happy. Getting back in the ocean is one of the greatest things, right, right? Um, but ah, I had a strange encounter, and I wasn't going to necessarily tell you about it, but then, you know. We're all going to need a laugh, right? So here we go. Sitting on the beach and there's a man in the swell with his surfboard and he's catching waves and he's having the best time. In and out, in and out. And then I'm like, hang on, is that guy naked? And I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, oh, no, maybe he's just got like skin-coloured boardies Oh, no, wait, nope, nope, that's definitely his butt cheeks. Oh, he's in a G-string. Right, so now there's this man <laughs> at the beach just happily surfing around in his G-string. He came in for a little bit. He left his board. He walked down the beach, got his gear, came back. And I couldn't help it, right? I'm a, a lover of watching people, interesting people are my favourite, and this was interesting, <laughs> sitting on the beach trying to work it out. Is he doing a dare? If he was doing a dare, then there'd be someone somewhere watching and giggling, and I can't see anybody. So I don't think it's a dare. Is it a prank? Like, is he is he trying to prank somebody? But he's not approaching anybody. He's not talking to anyone. He's keeping to himself. He's just enjoying the surf. Is it a pickup attempt? Is he trying to advertise? In which case, all right, okay, I get that, maybe. But again, He's not looking around him. He's not looking at anybody on the beach. He doesn't speak to anybody. Just nothing. This is just a man surfing in a G-string. And it finally dawned on me what this man was doing. He was just comfortable. He was just having an excellent day at the beach, having a surf. And I thought we could all learn a lesson from that. Angie's a scrappy backpacker from way back. Scrimping on the small stuff to save for the big adventures. Pablo, well, he's a tight ass. But who will be Triple M's biggest scab? So cheap. And it's Pablo back again for Triple M's biggest scab, riding high off his supreme win last week of digging up the most interesting stories of childbirth. And I love the fact that you're in the Pilbara Pablo, because, you know, here in the Southwest, you know, we're regional and we're all just one big family. And I like hearing stories from the wild Northwest. So thank you for your efforts last week. Bravo, sir. 
it was incredible, some of the stories that came through. You know, we highlighted three on the show last week, uh, but there were literally over 100 amazing birth stories that came through, and all of them unique. Uh, can't go through all of them, but obviously uh, many unique births happening in the Pilbara when, yes, the hospitals are very far away. <laughs> <laughs> Planes are often involved, Dan. Planes are often involved. But... This week, it's your turn to track something down or find someone. So it's the north of the state versus the south of the state. I'm going to challenge you to something. And I started sort of reminiscing this week uh, on Sunday and started thinking about, you know, I'm now 36. I'm still playing basketball, but I'm playing it a lot. Yeah, I've got, I've got to admit, my level has dropped down quite a bit to my heyday back in the day. And I started thinking about moments... When I've won something, right? Well, Pablo, just before you go on, uh, mm. we've got an opening spot for the <laughs> Slam Man for the Southwest Slammers. When you're ready to take your basketball career to the next level, <laughs> yes, that may be uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, I remember back in 2000, so I was in year 10 at high school, and I got the steal. This is in the grand final for oh. my basketball team. Got the steal, ran down, shot. Swish won the game by one point. Oh, you got the winning point. Yeah, and it's always stuck with me. No matter what, any time any of my high school mates uh, try to get one over me, I say, hey, just remember when I saved your ass in the basketball <laughs> So, Edge, I want you to find someone who is still riding high from winning a game of sport with the winning point. All right, I like this challenge this week. Now, have you had a, a success story like this? Um, no, I was. I did long distance running and I played netball in goal defence. So I've definitely <laughs> stopped the winning point, but okay. it's not the same feeling as when no. you score the winning point, I would say. Yeah. Um, oh, I might have hit a soccer game, but nothing that like sticks to my memory, to be honest. They, so, you honestly don't forget it. Like yeah. I still remember that feeling of what it was like. And yeah, it stays with you. So I'm sure you're going to get flooded with people. It can be, you know, from high school. I'd love to hear the old high school stories. Or it can be, you know, now if you're playing if in the SBL, Slam Man was cheering you on on the sideline. It doesn't have to be basketball, basket. though, does it? No, it does not yeah. have to be basketball. Any sport, uh, any goal, just the winning point. All right, amazing. Well, the whole point of this is to put Pablo and my tracking skills to the test, our scrappy, tight-ass skills. So I'm going to start working my magic and see if I can find some great stories of the people in the Southwest who scored the winning point. Thanks for the challenge this week, Pabs. And this is a segment every week where we do let that little devil speak for us. We nominate someone for Boofhead of the Week Award, and to do that is Peter from Bunbury. Peter, we're nearly at the end of another year. We've been doing this every week for a while, so thank you. Well, we've been doing it since you started. I know, I know. It feels like a, a long couple of years, has it not been? But it has been a pleasure every week, Ange. Yes, where we, we let our little devil out and we pick on we someone do. for being a boofhead. Um, <laughs> And we've got ourselves a prime candidate, and I must say this is the first time he has been nominated. Oh, we've got a virgin buffet. Well, you could put it that way if you like, yeah. All right. Who is it? Okay. Mr. Biden, the US president. We haven't mentioned him before. We've mentioned presidents before and president's sons, but not 
Mr. Biden. Oh, well, that was an oversight because uh, he's done plenty of dumb stuff. So what well, has he that, done especially buffettish this week? Well, he was at the Global Climate Climate Change Summit, the COP26 recently in Scotland. Yeah, That was the same summit where our Prime Minister covered himself in glory with the French President. <laughs> no comment? <laughs> no comment. Anyway, um, for the first uh, 26 seconds of Eddie Nadupu's uh, statement. Uh, he, he's a disability rights activist. Uh, Mr. Biden was asleep and he <gasps> had to be. <laughs> this was the opening statement no. of, the, of, the, yeah, of the summer. He was asleep. But wait, there's more. Afterwards, he was um, talking to Camilla Parker Bowles. Oh, now, no. since. Since their encounter, all Camilla can do is talk about the length of it. And not the length of the meeting, but the length of something with Mr. Biden. Jesus, yeah. Peter, what are you trying to say here? This is a family-friendly <laughs> show sometimes. I was going to say, don't jump to conclusions, but wait, there's more. Um, yeah, apparently he was standing there talking to her with his um, whatever he had, his aperitif in his hand and his um, whatever he had, and he let go. A long one. (laughs) (laughs) Like proper accidental old person just let one rip, didn't notice, didn't acknowledge it. And, well, the older you get, the less you care about doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Stands to reason why old Biden doesn't care. (laughs) That's right. So he's standing there with with, uh, Camilla and just lets, uh, fly with the resounding, um, if we're allowed to say fart, that's what he did, and it resounded through the hall and everyone noticed it. And, <laughs> and apparently it was a real sinus cleaner too. <laughs> You're making my eyes water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, look, it's just incredible, isn't it? Um, the, world's, <laughs> the world's leaders gathering together and the quality of stories we have gained from it. Thank God for the internet. Peter, thank God for Buffet of the Week. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just goes to show that President and all the way down to Buffet announces are guilty of letting one rip down then. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me very grateful to live in the Southwest because my butcher rules. Triple M's My Butcher Rules with Pete's Chop Shop, purveyor of all meats since forever. All meats since forever <laughs> is the brag, is the flex. Pete, the yes. Italian storm. <laughs> How are you? Good morning, Ange. How are you? I'm very excited. I'm excited Me too. because we've got more guests in the studio this morning. Geordie from Studio HQ. <laughs> you will often find Geordie roaming around the southwest giving away free stuff, but we've got something for Geordie today. Yeah, we're going to give her some free stuff as well, Ange. You want to let her know what she's going to be eating I today? I, I can't wait. I, I, told, I told you before, <laughs> I said during the Foo Fighters, I want you to imagine that mad rush, you know, when you're trying to pack your suitcase and you're trying to remember where your flight tickets are and have you printed it out and where's your passport and have we remembered to sort everything out for the kids and the medication, that hustle and that bustle and it's all a bit much but we haven't been able to do that for a long time because we're living through a global (laughs) pandemic and then Sitting on a piazza in Italy (laughs) Eating oysters Overlooking the Mediterranean There's some garlic prawns and Nonna is walking down to say good day. And she's just made a coffee. Oh, and it's a great day. And so that's where we've landed this morning on My Butcher Rules. We've got a seafood feast. 
Ange, here we go. First oyster. All right, now Jordy. the reason why we brought something for Geordie is because she's never eaten an oyster before. So never I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat one just so you know what the appropriate reaction is, Geordie. All right, ready? Here we go. Yep. So uh, these oysters, Geordie, are from uh, South Australia, Coffin Bay, and you know what they say about oysters, Ange? Bellissimo. They say bellissimo, but if you're shucking them, they taste better. Better to be shucking them I'm, than buy them shucked. I'm glad you said shucking them. <laughs> <laughs> And also, oh, we've got some... magnificent. What are you doing stocking oysters? Oh, we do it every year for Christmas. Ah. Um, we got, yeah, got in 30 dozen yesterday. Uh, uh, yeah, yesterday, yeah, got them in and um, put some out fresh, put some in the freezer. They sell well at Christmas time. And oh. at Christmas time, what better way to enjoy some Aussie seafood? Well, now, Geordie's going to be the test model Geordie. because I'm hideously <laughs> biased. I've never had one. I've never had one because they look so intimidating. Yeah. And I don't know how to... Right. I'll, show, I'll show you. So okay, you just you got go to first, just got to hold it like that. The oyster's been taken off the knuckle, so you just go like a little skull. Okay. Yep, and then you just go like that. Oh my gosh! I've seen you throw back a shooter or two in your time, Jordy. <laughs> You've got this. This might be harder. I don't know. Sorry, Kate. I don't, I don't like I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. The bin's right there. <laughs> Right. Full of salt water. All right, there we go. We'll Does take it taste the, like we'll a take... salty booger? Yeah. There you go, try that. Ocean. Right? right? And how great is the ocean? Second scale, go. Oh, she's doing two. She's doing two. How's that? What your best thing doing now, Geordie? <laughs> she's is, so is... unsure about it. <laughs> Follow it down with a garlic prawn chaser. There you go. Try that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, Ange. Garlic prawns as well. Oh, my goodness. What, how what do you that? reckon? What do you reckon? <laughs> It is absolute madness in the studio this morning. We've got a seafood platter face. I didn't know that you stocked seafood, Pete. Yeah, yeah, we do it. Every, oh, we do. Yeah, fresh seafood from the southwest during the year, and then come Christmas time, Coffin Bay in South Australia do the best oysters. So, uh, yeah, South Australian oysters and some nice garlic prawns with some chili sea salt. Yeah, chili sea salt. Now, Geordie has never had an oyster before. You, you Not slammed sure anymore. Not sure anymore. <laughs> you slammed two. You've done well. What do you no, reckon? Two. You ate yeah, two. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> she was in a frenzy. I can't remember. Did I not? No, you did two. You did two. Wow, okay. You ate two. Yeah. Never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we were attempting to uh, to remove us from the chaos that is a world with no travel back to Italia, with the smell of salt in the air and lemons and seafood and getting everyone together to to have a beautiful you meal. Feast. I mean, we were actually just watching YouTube videos of where your family's from, Pete. Yeah, yeah, we're um, yeah, Roccamandoffi in uh, in Italy. Um, Roccamandoffi. 800 feet above sea level. Yeah, Dad came over when he was 18. Beautiful town, yeah. Not a big population, but yeah, real beautiful. And that, eating this this morning just reminded me of that, sitting on a piazza, just nice food, prawns, bit of seafood. Oh, see, wrong, hey? so you can make yourself feel anywhere yeah, in the world with what we've got in the exactly. produce here in Australia. We're so lucky, aren't we? Yeah, not wrong. Oh, now, we've got some uh, serious business to attend to, so let's switch the music. Geordie informs me that uh, your order forms are already out for Christmas and my mum has been pestering me to let her know what I've got to do. Rightio. So, yeah, all our order forms are out on Friday. So, yeah, everything from beef, lamb, pork, chicken, turkey, anything you're chasing this year for Christmas. What's on your Christmas tradition table? Uh, just what we had this morning. We eat meat throughout the whole year. I like to indulge in some nice oysters, some prawns, some a good steak, a lot of seafood at Christmas for us. Like, what, what about you, Geordie? We're the same. We do a lot of seafood and like a ham as well and just like lots of salads and 
Beverogino's, yeah. you know. Beverogino's. <laughs> Are you trying to speak yeah, Italian? It's yeah. <laughs> very on theme for this morning. I think I think sharing the meal is my favourite thing about Christmas. Yeah. And last year, Holly, our mate Holly, Bustleton's most famous fisher, he took me out and I caught my own crayfish yeah. and I provided for the family yeah. and I was like a hunter and I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah. this year you might not be actually going out and hunting, but... Think about it early so you can make sure that the food is beautiful, fresh and locally sourced because that's the best thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a great time of the year just to, you know, wind down after a year and enjoy each other's company, sit around outside under the patio, eating some nice food, be it meat or seafood or whatever, yeah. All right, we've blah, blah, blah enough. We've got some seafood to eat here. If you're jealous, go and see Pete at Pete's Chop Shop. Oh, I didn't tell you the news. Oh, what's that news? So our show, our cooking show, My Butcher Rules, it's been franchised. They're running it not only in the southwest now, but they're running it in Esperance as well. Oh, that's good to hear. I know. Oh, brilliant. We've right? gone gloat. Well, we've gone <laughs> glo- yeah. West Australian. So, so do we get anything out of that? <laughs> yeah, we're looking for the kickbacks because <laughs> apparently garlic prawns and oysters don't count. <laughs> Dunzo, thanks so much for hanging out with me. A little bit of extra Andrew in there this week. I've got another podcast coming out on Friday, but perhaps you've missed some of the cool ones before. We've got Blues of Bridgetown coming up this weekend, and I did a great chat with international legendary blues musician Dave Hole last week. So it's about a 15-minute chat with him and just the way that his brain works and where blues comes from, where his music comes from. It's a, it's a meandering podcast, so maybe check that one out from last week. In the wise words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. And from me, be excellent to each other and yourself. Angie for breakfast. Triple M.